Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Delilah Panio. I am Vice President of U.S. Capital Formation for Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange based in Southern California. Welcome to TMX Presents, the podcast. This is where we have conversations with capital markets leaders from around the world and to gain insights from the influential decision makers and visionary entrepreneurs helping to shape the future business landscape. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd love to give you a brief overview of how Toronto Stock Exchange and TSX Venture Exchange are increasingly becoming a viable capital option for high growth U.S. companies such as our guest today. Last year, 18 U.S. companies listed on TSX and TSXV, choosing what we call the public venture capital route as an alternative to private venture capital options. And despite these turbulent market conditions, several U.S. companies are in the process of listing on TSX or TSXV in the coming months. Today's guest is Rick McPherson, President and CEO of Midwest Energy Emissions Corp., operating as ME2C Environmental, which began trading on TSX Venture Exchange in July. ME2C is a leading environmental technologies company developing and delivering patented and proprietary solutions to the global power industry. Rick brings over 30 years of executive experience from a variety of industries across North America, serving as president and CEO of ME2C since 2016, Rick oversees the expansion, development, and commercialization of the company's proprietary emissions control technologies across the fossil-fueled energy sector. Welcome to TMX Presents, Rick. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. So great to be in conversation with you, Rick. I know our listeners are going to be very interested in this very unique story. So let's start with the origin story of ME2C. I understand that you founded the company in 2008 to commercialize something called sorbent enhancement additive technologies. Tell us about that and the market need that you had identified. Sure. So um, back in 2008, I was doing some work at the uh, laboratories at the Energy Environment Research Center in North Dakota. And the work that I was doing was to try to develop a technology that would remove mercury emissions, which was due to come under regulation, from coal-fired plants across the U.S. And after working there for about a year, I realized that the previous work that had been done at the EERC was way ahead of the curve nationally. So we decided to adopt that technology, sorbent enhancement additive technologies, or what we call SEA. And it had been completely vetted as well and had been developed partially with and through the Department of Energy's Nettle Lab. So it was a very well vetted technology that was underway being patented and very much the lead. We adopted that as our main strength of the company, took a license, an exclusive license to manage that technology and grow it and commercialize it. And we had some very interesting folks that came along with it as well from the EERC to form our technical crew. So with that, we moved forward and started testing the technology across the U.S. in real world terms at major utilities across the U.S. and in Canada. Actually, we tested both in Alberta and in Nova Scotia back in 2008. And then in 2011, we actually launched our first commercial venture with a Canadian-owned U.S.-based company in Washington State. After that, we moved forward through the new regulations that were installed across the U.S. 
and built the company out significantly starting in 2014-15. And by 2016, we actually had uh, revenues in the 33 million range annually. So things have been growing nicely since then. And we've had some challenges on the patent side that we've been dealing with these past number of years. But all in all, that was our growth curve from inception through to commercial operations. Okay, Rick, yeah, that's really interesting about the history of the company. So fast forward to today, what trends are happening in the renewable energy sector? I mean, this is such a significant part of all of our lives right now about what's happening in the energy sector. So what are you seeing that are really important trends for our listeners to really know about the energy sector today? Folks are trying to get to a low or zero fossil fuel approach. And as much as that is something great to go after, it's going to take many, many years to get there. So in the meantime, our focus has been to make the most of the realities of the energy supplies that we must use on a day-to-day basis. And in keeping with that, given that the coal-fired energy sector in the U.S. is a base load of approximately 20 21% of the grid, What we've chosen to do is to try to maximize the efficiency of that and also make sure that it is as clean as possible in its role of underpinning the grid across the country. A lot of the uh, different parts of the world are actually expanding their use of coal. Most of the Southeast Asian, China, India, Russia, and parts of Europe are now expanding their coal-fired fleets even though the U.S. and Canada have elected to continue to try to downgrade them as much as possible. So through that complex maze of actual energy generation, a tech firm like ourselves is focused on making the most of the reality of what's being produced at the grid for utilization at home. And in keeping with that, We've elected to move forward to not only continue to make the grid have a friendlier footprint, but also build other technologies that will enhance the environmental overall position of each of the countries here in North America. And so how are the, you know, obviously the recent trends, you know, including with Biden's Inflation Reduction Act and all the capital that's being poured into the clean energy sector, how is that impacting your business and your business model? We have yet to take any government money for any of our efforts. All of our business and all of our development has been done through our own coffers out of operations. We'll continue on that route until we get commercially viable options. We've been invested in and working at several different new technologies. One, the rare earth extraction technologies that we've spent considerable time and resources on these past four or five years. But we've also been looking at wastewater remediation and of late, over the past year, working on new ways to approach new product design for potable water. So what we've decided to do is to use our know-how and our own resources to get to a point where we really truly believe we have a commercially viable technology before we move to the government support sector. There are lots of funds and there are lots of dollars out there. We just don't think it's appropriate for us to source those until we get to a point where we really think we've got something. And I think we're very close on a couple of different fronts, 
both in the rare earth extraction technologies, but also in the wastewater remediation, and in particular in developing new technologies that can be used in the up and coming new regulations for what they call the forever chemical regulations, which we expect to be passed and actually put into law sometime in 2024 or early 2025. And those are the things that we're working forward to right now, of course, as a supplement to our core business of removing mercury emissions from the air. I mean, what an exciting time to be at your company, right? There's there's so much happening globally in North America from a regulation perspective and just from a market interest perspective. So let's actually shift and talk about your life as a public company and why being a public company is an important strategy for ME2C. So this is a unique listing for us at TSX Venture because ME2C was already listed on the over-the-counter or the OTC market in the U.S., So tell us about how the company was funded before you decided to list on TSXV. Well, interesting enough, we did have some initial funding back, oh, I guess it's 10 years ago now, with a firm called Alterna Capital. Alterna Capital is a great firm. We've had a great relationship. And we still owe them approximately $13.5 million in an unsecured piece of debt. And they are sitting on that and will continue to do so for another couple of years without principal or interest payment. And in hopes of being able to have a considerable return on that investment through our present IP program, which is underway, we have litigation underway, which has been progressing these past four years, which we are expecting to get to trial in the next couple of months. And that will be and can be a pivotal point for us with regards to who we are and our overall enterprise value. So with regards to the TSXV, being a profitable firm, having been a reporting company in the U.S. for the past decade, we thought it best to move on to TSXV without any sort of raise. It wasn't required. We have a strong shareholder base, a strong profit picture a very solid two-year-old projection based on real clients and real numbers with experience, of course. And so to that end, we were able to move on to the TSXV without the requirement for any sort of a raise. We do expect to have a bank in hand with us in the near future, which will help us with analysts and getting our story out to investors. But for actual capital raises, it wasn't required for the listing, nor do we require one for ongoing business. There are some significant opportunities in front of us as we go forward, which we are constantly evaluating. So I don't mean to say that we may not go to market for a raise in the future, but if we do so, it will be done under some very strict terms and with an eye towards solid expansion into areas that we feel very good about. But we very much expect that we'll have some significant organic growth in the enterprise value of the company before we would consider that. 
Yeah, well, it's certainly a great place to be, as you said, as a profitable company, revenue generating in these markets, not having to do a raise, especially a lot of companies, both in public and private markets are obviously looking at less than ideal valuations in these current markets. But as the markets continue to improve, and as you said, as you are executing on your investor relations, both in Canada and the US, and looking to increase that shareholder awareness and eventually value to shareholders, then you will have that option to look at capital raises in the future. And certainly what we're seeing in the public markets now, companies really need to have that revenue and profitability to get real attention. So maybe just help us with your mindset going into this for our listeners, especially if there's any other U.S. CEOs who are listed on the OTC. You know, what was your mindset on the strategy to use the Canadian capital markets for the company's expansion and eventually access to capital? We have a considerable number of Canadian shareholders. Approximately 25% of the company is owned by Canadians. So that was one factor. Secondly, the TSXV is looked upon worldwide as a legitimate exchange that can garner proper analyst coverage, well-managed, and folks both in the U.S. and Canada and overseas can invest quite confidently in the market. The OTC, although it has strengths in the United States, does not have the broad appeal, especially at the broker level or at the institutional level, as the TSXV. So we've really looked at moving into Canada without having to do a raise due to our profit position and opening the markets up so that we can add that coverage and add the buy-in capacity of the brokers across the country and in the U.S. that we didn't have before. So as we get the message out, over these next four months in particular, we're using Adelaide Capital as our IR firm. We feel very confident that the story will be received well, that folks will see us and see our growth as expected over these next 120 days in particular as a real eye-opener to who we are and what our enterprise potential really is. So very much looking forward to getting to work now here in Canada and in the U.S., with this listing in place. Well, I think that's an actually a really interesting and important perspective to look at because in terms of being a dual listing company on both markets, right? That you aren't cannibalizing liquidity on one or the other. It's actually complementary. And so while having, being able to access shareholders both in Canada and the US by having been listing in both markets can really help increase exposure and access to two bigger pies versus just one pie of shareholders. Maybe just comment on that in terms of the complementary nature of the two marks. I think that this is, again, it's a unique situation that could be of interest. Our base of shareholders in the U.S. in particular was mostly a retail trade of in nature due to the fact that the OTC, although well-regulated by the SEC, is not deemed by the brokerage groups in the U.S. to be one that they will openly invest their clients' money in. Moving to the TSXV took that restraint away, but also still allowed us to have a broad presence in the U.S. in the retail trade. So I think moving into the TSX with a solid multi-thousands base of clients or shareholders in the U.S. will really open up the door for a broad spectrum of investors and now that we are up and running here in Canada. So I think things will move along nicely. As the company's enterprise value grows, I think we'll see some significant buy-in, 
through the brokerage firms, the institutional investors. And I think all in all, it will make for a much better position for our shareholders. Excellent. That's a really good summary of that. So METC has been listed just for a couple of months now. So tell us how it's going. How is it working out so far? I know it's early days to really comment, but but anything you just want to share about how you think it's going so far and especially the reception or interest as you're doing your Canadian outreach? Yeah. So, so far we've done a very soft opening. We wanted to get up and running and get all our ducks in a row and get the reporting and whatnot down pat. We've made some significant changes on the financial side of the company with regards to its CFO and the guidelines in which we're operating. We've been able to add, of course, another director of the firm with great experience here in the Canadian markets. And so now that most of all of that is in place, we will be able to move forward and start bringing our story to the market. We had just a very brief introduction in the Montreal market about six weeks ago. But starting the latter part of this month, and especially into October, we expect to be able to attend a number of different sessions across the country, meet with a number of different brokers. And I would expect within the next 60 days or so, start getting some good analyst coverage out there. So I think all in all, the story will be well told. And we hopefully will see it well received. I think by most likely end of October going into November, we'll start to see the volumes in Canada meet or surpass the volumes in the U.S., which if that was to happen, would provide a great deal of liquidity to the stock. Amazing. So what are you excited about for what's next for ME2C? I know that you just recently released your second quarter financial results. Talk a lot about increasing licensing revenues of your core technologies. What do you see happening for the company that you're excited about that you can share as a public company? (laughs) There are two significant events underway right now. One is the culmination of four plus years of legal activity, which we started back in 2019 against a group of firms that we felt were infringing on our patented technologies. That is now in final stages. We have a court date in November and very much expect that the outcome of that could have a dramatic effect on the company and its position going forward. So we're very much focused on that at this time. We are in pretrial preparations. And one of the very significant parts of that is that we have done this basically on our own. We've looked after a majority of the costs out of operations to get to where we are in this very significant legal case. So should we be successful, any value that comes from this effort will go back to the company, be shared amongst its shareholders But very significantly, there are still a large number of corporations that are still using our patented technologies without a license to do so. And we feel very confident that success at the court level be a very strong indicator for these folks that they need to step up and take a license. That license and the follow-on business that we would expect has the potential to double or even triple our annual revenue base. So that is a very significant milestone we're hoping will conclude as expected in November and can change the outlook of the company dramatically. 
On top of that, we've been working diligently these past four years in particular on the new technologies I mentioned earlier, both the rare earth extraction technologies and also the water remediation. In particular, the potable water material developments that we've been working on have tremendous long-term potential. We think with the new regulations that EPA is planning to bring in in the U.S., there's an opportunity for us to do in the water side for environmental control the same as what we did in the mercury capture side of business in the air pollution control. So we have a skill set and an opportunity that pretty much mirrors what we did in the air pollution control that's now underway in a regulated environment in the U.S. in the drinking water system. And we feel very confident in our abilities to attack that with the same kind of results. And if we're successful with that, it would generate tenfold what we were able to do in the air side. So we're very keen on that. We've done a lot of work in it. We have yet to make any material announcements, but look forward to moving down that path in these next coming months. Wow. So certainly a lot of really important milestones coming soon for the company. And so lots for people to be looking out for. You know, for the U.S. companies, our real value proposition is that we're a really important stepping stone to ultimately list on a senior exchange in the U.S. So this concept of coming to TSX Venture, graduating to Toronto Stock Exchange, and when you're big enough and relevant enough, dual listing onto NASDAQ or NYSE. I know that that is part of your strategy. So maybe just comment on that of how, again, the importance of the dual listing can help you reach your overall long-term growth strategy. Yeah, sure. And I should say we've had good, solid discussions with both the NASDAQ and NYSE. Both have done preliminary views and both feel that we would be a good match for them. The only really outstanding issue at the time that we were reviewed and presently is the enterprise value of the stock itself. And I think with what we have in place right now, if we execute on the initiatives over these next four to six months, that we have a very good chance to meet the share price listing requirement. And I think we can do that organically. And so I very much look forward to being able to not only move on to the main board with the TSX in 2024, but most likely graduate to one of the main boards in the U.S. as well. And I think at that point, we will be a very strong ESG buy for most of the institutional investment folks in the U.S. and in Canada and become a very important cornerstone to a lot of different investment portfolios. Well, we certainly are excited and grateful to be part of your growth strategy and your continued success. And we look forward to seeing that strategy executed, as you said. These are, again, really interesting times in the sector, in the space, in the public markets. So you are right in the middle of all of it. Um, So um, we're really grateful to have this conversation with you today. As we're wrapping up this episode, for your peers in the U.S., you know, CEOs of clean tech companies or in similar sectors, 
or similar sizes of company. What are your thoughts or advice around the public markets in general as a growth strategy versus private venture capital? And then why this option is something to at least be considering? Because as you know, most American CEOs don't even necessarily know about TSXV as an option for growth capital. And so just would love your thoughts or what you would say to your peers. Yeah, I guess for my peers, I would suggest that it is a great opportunity, especially if you have a depressed stock, to be able to move into a broader market, exposing the story to a wider audience without having to necessarily do a raise especially if you're running a profitable company with great potential. And so I think if you were indeed in that position, the TSXV option is one that very much should be considered as a growth strategy with the shareholders in mind. Perfect. And any last thoughts you'd like to provide to the audience if there's any you know, potential investors looking at your company? Any last parting words you'd like to mention? I guess as much as anything, I'd like to say that we're on a strong growth curve. We have a very significant milestone coming up in the next two and a half months. And our growth strategy is very sound. I'm confident that we will be moving into the water sector. And I think the skill set that we have and the track record we have is repeatable. And as such, in the water side, will generate a decade or more of opportunity for us to see some very, very strong returns. Excellent. Well, Rick, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you for taking the time. And we look forward to hearing all of your news. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening to TMX Presents, the podcast. Thank you to Rick McPherson for joining us. ME2C is listed on TSX Venture Exchange as Midwest Energy Emissions under the symbol MEEC. For more information on TSX and TSX Venture as a capital option for U.S. companies, please visit us.tsx.com. And for more insights from capital markets leaders and my TMX colleagues, please visit tmx.com POV. Have a wonderful day.